festive. Looking out a dirty old window, outside the cars in the city go rushing by. I sit here alone and I wonder why. Friday night and everyone's moving. I can feel the heat, but it's soothing heading down. I Hello, this is Minute 49 of As If, the podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I am Corey McLean, your host. With me today is Megan Tripp. Hello. And Keith Allison. Hi, everyone. Uh, and today we are actually going to hear Christian talk. And um, so we actually start with a really, one of my, I actually really like this moment where Cher just mouths, damn. Um, <laughs> pretends to drop her, her pen and then there's a bit of a moment Um and then she has to get up and give her oral exam. And I believe the minute ends or ends with her having to get up and give her oral report. But And there's a little bit of, like, voiceover and back and forth about, about like, where Christian should sit and, and share having to do, give her oral uh, presentation and all that sort of thing. Um, well, first off, I think we feel, I think we should all feel kind of blessed because, uh, as I've kind of noticed whenever I've gone to revisit, um, it on the site, this is, this minute contains the title card for Clueless on Netflix. It's the image of Cher looking, giving the damn, uh, mouthing the damn. Yep, with uh, that to super Christian. duper bubblegum pink Oh, lipstick. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. quite startled, I think. Uh, so yeah, we, momentous minute, guys. Congrats. We did it. We got, we got the gold. <laughs> So, yeah, it starts with her just looking lustily at, at Christian, um, mouthing the word damn. Yeah, Christian, a- so Mr. Hall says, this must be the elusive Chris- Christian, who then asks, where should I park? Yeah, and it's really kind of Which... it's really kind of interesting because I feel like, I feel like in that little split second conversation, like, Mr. Hall comes off as kind of sympathetic because he's just really, he's just really affable. He's just really, like, engaged with Christian. Like, doesn't even seem really mad at him being late. He's just so high on life right now because of his romance going, <laughs> going well. <laughs> and Christian's just busy giving him the I'm too cool for you kind of sass right after he's spent the last 15 seconds posing and knocking on wood with that jacket <laughs> right over his shoulder. Yep. By the way, what, yep. Mr. what do you guys think of the... Like, <laughs> but what do you guys think about the line "Where should I park"? Like, is that a is that a is that I a cool don't line even understand or? that line. Well, I, I think do not I, get I that feel line. like he's supposed to be trying for like a I don't know a fifties vibe, like a swinger, or like I don't I don't even know, and I don't even know if that was like a a saying, like an older saying that he's borrowing. Because I definitely I get like that he's being like obviously like hey I'm. I'm in gear right now. Where should I plant myself and remain stationary for an extended period of time? But it feels <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm feeling now that you guys, now that you guys mentioned the fifties, like maybe I've just been listening to the, to the go Bayside, uh, say by the bell podcast too much, but it does kind of feel like a line that someone might say more, more in the 1950s at a drive-in sort of, sort of thing. I like the idea. Like, I- of him being a car, though, like Keith said, yeah, exactly. like he's in gear, and now <laughs> yeah. he's gonna ready to park. Like, <laughs> you want him to do like like Phil does in a talking cat, where it, beep, 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 like like make car noises and then sit down. Um, <laughs> but I guess that's the thing about that's the thing about Christian though is that he's a car, but he never revs up. He's just so 
cool as a cucumber throughout the entire film. It almost reads to me in the same way that, I don't know, like like that kind of level of slang of like, this was never real slang. This wasn't slang in the 50s. This wasn't slang for like cool jazz cats. This is just like slang that we felt like would be fun to have. Like, But he's definitely giving off the vibe like, I don't really care about this class at all because I'm way too cool for that. <laughs> I'll exert the minimum amount of effort by being here, by sitting down, <laughs> but I won't show up on time. I'll just give a, I'll give a requisite appearance in the classroom and that's it pretty much this is like a lame party that i have to show up to because like (laughs) my sister-in-law is throwing it like and you know that one person is going to be there who knows where the cool after party is at like fine it moves from that and then into the wonderful accidentally on purpose dropping of the pen yep yep (laughs) which is Cher is the least, like, and I remember being this completely unsubtle, like, I'm this unsubtle now, but I was also completely this unsubtle as a teenager, and like, but thought I was way more subtle. I I love the, I'm going to drop my pen, like, it's like, it's like one step up from the the bend and snap in Legally Blonde. Even her pen is fashionable. It's one of those fuzzy ones. <laughs> yes. Oh my yes. god. Do you remember, I, rem- I remember wanting those in like, they used to have them in like the limited two or whatever when I was like 12 and I wanted one so bad. Yeah, I, I had a couple of those. <laughs> I think I saw a couple of those in my school, but like they were always like a company. They were always like on top of a pencil that was like all glittery, like uh, for the entire body. Like one of those sparkly mm-hmm. green, sparkly red pencils that were just heart weird to grip and always left some glitter on your hand when you got done writing. So it was like, oh, <laughs> that's not appealing to me in any way whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, what I like about this moment, too, is uh, I like how the um, how Cher's inflection changes when she drops the pen, the, the pen as well. Like she. Like I'm, I'm so focused on getting something on tie, but I, I shouldn't have to worry about getting a boy for myself. Also, and it's like the the second syllable of also, like just raises as like the pen drops on the floor. I think it's kind of a nice little narration like, touch, Hi. voiceover touch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> as though she like like <laughs> you can like you can hear her saying it at, like in cadence with her tossing it over her shoulder. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it is well done. Like very much I love hit the look on his face too though cuz mm-hmm. like you can tell that he knows that she did this on purpose. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about like I never in this movie read Christian is gay. Like they lean into it pretty hard. Like I mean I'll mention it in the next movie but like they have him like reading a William S Burroughs book and like all of this sort of stuff. Like like they really are trying like they're trying to get you to get it. But like totally could read him as not straight. But I don't read him as gay like i guess the thing is like he i guess that's the thing he doesn't really so, like it's he doesn't really read his sexual is more i think the big thing like because exactly, he just seems more focused compl- on like, like it's so like he's just, just his presentation he reads so cold as a character and like that i don't exactly i don't read him as sexual at all like that's exactly what it is keith like it's so weird to be like like and so but then for him to also immediately then compliment her on her legs like, right in also True. the most like weird retro 50s way yeah is, it's like the weirdest transition of like 
Yeah, it is weird because I mean, weird I'm, mixed signals. Obviously, he does like he does all the things you would expect, like a like a script of the like a a stereotypical like presentation of a of a gay character would do, of course. And that like he's very fashionable and spends time shopping. Mm-hmm. Like that's how they give the like when they're having the eventual conversation about like oh he's gay. Oh, he does this, this, and this. Oh, we I should have always oh, known. Should've seen it. Like, right. Obviously, those are like the checklist of things that a character who is gay would do. But otherwise, like he doesn't, ex- he doesn't express any real interest one way or the other. Like, it was funny because I had forgotten the subplot completely since the first time I watched it, <laughs> and yeah. then I uh, rewatched it for this episode and um, well, this spate of episodes and. Uh, when they're at the party was the first time where I was like, well, he seems slightly more into guys than into girls, but I thought maybe he was into both. <laughs> yeah. And then when he has no interest in her, I was like, oh, maybe he's not interested in girls at all. <laughs> he just, like, he seems not interested in Cher, like, in the way that he's not interested in anyone. Like, and so I don't know why the movie wants to put him in this this box of, like, no, he has to be gay. And it's kind of also more in that thing also of like, uh, I mean, forgive me because I'm talking about it more from a retroactive lens, but kind of like how on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, when 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 Willow got in a relationship with Tara, it's like she suddenly became a lesbian. She couldn't be bisexual. Like, it's like, oh, she just likes girls now, essentially. I think maybe it's maybe a little bit, bit of that as well. Like, can't quite express yeah, him as being bisexual or uh, make it more binary or maybe just like, maybe it's just like a way of like cutting it off. So like. Well, there's no way that he could be into Cher romantically, so we can set her up with Josh because he is not attracted to her anyway. Like we don't want to leave that that thread hanging of like a potential romance unexplored. We're just going to make it not an option to make it as neat as possible. It, which is so weird because they never do that with with like like you can do that with a character without doing it like without having to cut it off. With their entire sexuality. Yeah, because... Like, right. They do that with characters all the time. Yeah, because platonic, platonic <laughs> uh, male and female friendships don't exist. <laughs> so, uh, does this correlate to something in Emma? Because, like, I I haven't seen Emma in a while. I never read the book. It's been so long since I read the book. <laughs> I, I cannot remember. Because I don't know I if she had, like, a quarter and does. then it fell through. So I think maybe that's I why this is kind of shoehorned in there. Um, particularly because it, it, like, I would imagine that it does just because it, it tends to mirror the structure of a lot of, like, of the Jane Austen books. So I read Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility over and over again. And the heroine tends to have a romantic interest that she falls in and out of love with. Yeah, it's almost like, as if he's trying to say the thing that he's expected to say like he's already made himself this character of this retro person and then she's obviously trying to get attention so he's like what would a retro person say to a woman who's trying to get a man's attention oh she, yeah he would say nice steps <laughs> so it's like he he sees like a social opportunity opening up and wants to jump on it in the appropriate way oh that's an interesting that's a very good read I think I I just don't know. I'm so confused. Like Christian is the is the part of this movie that confuses the crap out of me. I feel like Cher would totally say I can't even if she was you know sixteen. Oh my god! Today. If Cher was if Cher was a millennial, Cher would be all about I can't even. Cannot. Um, I just cannot. So have you guys seen other Alicia Silverstone movies aside from Batman and Robin? I cannot say so. No, I'm. Sorry. 
I will say, like, when I was started listening to this podcast, uh, like, and everyone was bringing up all these Alicia Silverstone epi- movies they'd seen, like the the Meet the Host episode or whatnot, and I was just like, I'd never even heard of these films before. Now, <laughs> like, I actually didn't. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even. Like, I've seen this in Batman and Robin. Uh, yeah, I've. I mean, coming granted, keep coming from a young mind, uh, so bear with my ignorance there. But I wasn't even like aware of her Aerosmith videos either, because uh, I wasn't around. When MTV was in its prime. Yeah. So you have just this and suit me up Uncle Alfred, essentially, are the, the big takeaways I have of Alicia Silverstone's filmography. <laughs> um, I'm looking at IMDb right now. <laughs> I don't think I have. <laughs> so not anything memorable is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, yep. Nope. Nothing looking super familiar. But then again, I mix her up with a lot of other blondes, so who knows? Oh God! I almost forgot to talk about my favorite moment in this movie—the oh. the fact that, or this minute, the fact that it ends on that amazing, like, weird double take of "It's time for your oral." Yeah, like, <laughs> I was, I was curious when we were going to get to that because <laughs> he's like kneeling at her feet, and it's just the most awkward moment ever on everybody's part and it's just like it's very like everyone's just super awkward and it's not okay and nobody seems to feel okay about it <laughs> the teacher's totally fine uh, he has no idea what's going on yeah he's oh, oblivious yeah. and like it clearly wasn't intended as anything uh, like not okay it's like what <laughs> like, the thing for me is that when i first saw this movie i only really I only really absorbed Alicia Silverstone's reaction there, Cher's, when she's just, like, so confused, like, oh. But it was only, like, rewatching it for the podcast where I kind of, like, paused it as I was writing down notes for this. And I just looked back up and I saw Christian's face that was almost, like, giving a, are you serious right now? <laughs> look at Mr. Hall. <laughs> yeah, like, the look of, like, everybody, like, they both have just this look of, like, what, what? Like, he's annoyed. Like, like. He's annoyed at Mr. Hall throughout this minute, but this is the one where he's just like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Just very surprisingly <laughs> like, no, disturbed you. by the oral sex implication. Oh, and by, yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, I just I was looking at IMDb as well, and I realized I had seen Alicia Silverstone in something else. Uh, the adaptation of Alex Ryder Operation Stormbreaker from 2006, where she plays the best friend maid character who gets into a gets into a, a martial arts fight. <laughs> One of the characters at the end. Oh, yep. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah, that. that. <laughs> I'm not even sure if that's a real movie. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> um, I don't think it is at all. Well, and, you know, it's more than you've seen the actor who plays Christian in. That oh, is true. And she was in Scooby. <laughs> she was in Scooby Doo Two as well. There we go. I didn't realize oh she was in Scooby Doo Two: Monsters Unleashed as the reporter. So, so it turns out I've seen way more. Uh, there's some debate yeah, on the internet as to whether or not um, Christian. Uh, what was the actor's name? Justin Walker. Justin Walker. Justin Walker was, in fact, on any episodes of Northern Exposure or not? <laughs> Wikipedia says one thing, IMDb says another. It's very confused. He was definitely the host of a show. How was it described? Like the X Maxim- uh, like a magazine. Maxim magazine, essentially on FX, early FX, pre the Shield, yeah. pre Rescue Me, before they were really oh, established. God. Uh, yeah, he was a guest. Yeah, when host they were mainly that. just showing movies. It's <laughs> <coughs> just so much I have to explore. Um, very exciting careers these two. <laughs> it does end with her standing, saying "Oh," and popping out of her chair and, uh, to go and give her oral her oral presentation. Um, I have not another bad movie podcast where we talk about cable um, television shows. Our latest episode actually was about a release of a 
well, it was a movie that had a theatrical release because uh, we've gone away from cable um, and we're just going around the internet trying to find movies. But uh, yeah, you can find us at notanotherbadmoviepodcast.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at MST3K, yeah, at, at MST3KFan123 or on Letterboxd if you just want to find some random stranger to write and talk about movies uh, online. You can find me there under my name. Keith Allison as well. Uh, and I am uh, the co-host of The Accidental Cinephile, uh, which is at Accidental Pod. Um, we watch movies that I've never seen before because I've seen like six movies um, and we talk about them. Um, and unlike a lot of podcasts out there, we, we like we watch good movies, which is really nice because it means I have to don't have to watch so many bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> After hearing a lot of my friends complain about how many bad movies they watch to make their podcasts, I, I, I chose a slightly different premise. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we will be back tomorrow with Minute 50. Um, and until then, yeah, we will look for, we hope you will listen to us then. Thank you for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast all about Clueless. It is produced and edited by Darren Husted, executive produced and hosted by Corey McLean with my guests, Keith Allison and Megan Tripp. Follow us on Facebook at As If, the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore podcast. And follow us on Instagram, As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shout Engine, or the podcasting app of your choice. Please rate and review if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.